Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sandspence Radio. You know what? I don't have anything to say. I'm unhappy. I'm defeated. I miss my boys. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we discuss the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys, How Goods Footy. feel like, you know when something real good's happened to you, but like your boys are sad and so you're downplaying how good something is, that's how, like, so saying like we all went for the same job and mm-hmm. I got it over you guys mm-hmm. and we're all mates and we're supportive of one another, but like I would temper my excitement, I'd be like, oh, it's not that, it's not that big a deal, guys, like it's fine. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. That's how good footy is for me. Uh, <laughs> because on the outside, I'm like, footy's acceptable. And on the inside, I'm like, footy's fucking great. Uh, yeah, I, oh, I'm i hurting. But hurting more than I was expecting to be hurt. Like, I'm just, I'm just upset. Because like I mentioned last week, I kind of touched on it. We have all the parts. <laughs> we have the team that should be winning. On paper, we should be a top four side. But we can't fucking win a game. <laughs> I'm so hurt. <laughs> He's tearing up. <laughs> this is... I shouldn't laugh because oh. <laughs> I'm in the same boat, but arguably worse. Um, my boat's sinking. Yours is sunk. <laughs> well, actually, no, 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 no. Flip the tables. Yeah, my, my boat, boat. My boat sunk for years, <laughs> and then someone dived down and found it. it out. His name's Chris Fagan. <laughs> Did he, did he pull it? Did he borrow one of James Cameron's submersible things and go down and like? He borrowed one. It, it didn't exist. That's how bad the situation was. He had to build one <laughs> along with David Noble, and he came down there <laughs> and he found this wreck, this absolute just shipwreck. And they slowly are starting to bring it up, and it's it's starting to crest the surface now. But but it's still not a hundred percent there yet. No, there's still um, some rooms of that ship that are flooded. Yeah, and um, the damage there is extensive. But you know what they have done? They've managed to actually find the original captain of that ship, and he's steering it pretty well at the moment. He's steering it. And his first mate's steering it a lot better than he was, because the first mate looked like he was going to die. The first mate, he was on the he was walking the plank. He was. A week ago, he was walking the fucking plank, and, I was, and I, was, under the I was holding the, uh, the, the sword at his throat. I don't know. Cutlass? Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. Um, Cutlass for gutless? Is that well, yeah. what it is? <laughs> but the first mate, arguably... One of football's biggest resurrections. <laughs> that is a that is a big call. Just for the year, actually, just for the round. Uh, that's not a big call. No, actually, probably for the year. That's not that. I can't think of anyone who has turned it around so much. I mean, from it's like one, one week game. to another. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd famously said, "Shake a fucking tag." Oh my god, learn to play fucking football about him. But mm-hmm. now it, he did. He fucking did. Well, like, look, I went to be after fair, it. He didn't. 
he, he didn't get tagged. That's the thing. <laughs> I went after him, and I do not apologize at all. Motivation. He was shithoused. Yeah, it was a motivational tactic, obviously. His ears were open and he heard it and he took it on board and that's what happened. Because he listens to the show. He listens to the show. Absolutely. Dane Zorko, fan of the show. Absolutely. I was going to say, just a big reveal, we are talking about Dane Zorko, who uh, this week fucking turned it on. Four goals. Yep. 34 touches. 10 tackles. 10 tackles. Took an absolute ripping mark and two of those goals were clutch moments too. My favourite tweet of the year came in. I can't remember who sent it in. I'll have to find it before the end of the show. So we can give her some credit, but it was uh, in relation to Zorko's game and how he lifted, and it was just like uh, I can't remember. What, I think it was like a phoenix rising from the ashes, oh. and it was honestly <laughs> tweet of the year. I fucking loved it. I like again round seven tweet of the year, <laughs> resurrection of the year. Yeah, we're, we're not. We're not. You know, we don't go early in, on this show. We've never gone early. <laughs> I'll go a week early <laughs> next week. Biggest win of the year. Oh, is it happening, mate? I'm. I'll tell you what. I said last week I've got two weeks and then it's total despair. What I saw yesterday, I'm still on board this this ship. It's rising. Good. And the Bulldogs are going to fucking cop it next week. Good. It's going to be an ambush at Etihad Stadium. Oh. I'm going to be there and um, I'll either be cheering or I'll be crying. To be honest, I'll do both regardless of what the result is. Would we want to dive into the games this yeah. week or is there anything we want to talk about it? Oh, massive news that we didn't cover last week. <laughs> mm. Homer Thompson. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> they have it on Tuesday, I think, and obviously we record Monday. So Who's Bomber? Is he that frozen water salesman? He is. Um, <laughs> Confirmed frozen water salesman. I think, salesman. I think what you mean is two-time premiership Geelong coach, Mark Thompson. Yeah. One-time Essendon caretaker coach. Apparently, part-time drug dealer, allegedly, at this stage. Although, uh, look, he hasn't been, he hasn't been tried yet, uh, but he's been charged with... Possessing a lot of drugs. Like a lot. And with the intent to traffic is kind yeah. of what they're going for. There's been stories floating about him for years. He's a man who hasn't... I think I've said this on the show before, but it looks like he hasn't slept since Geelong won their last premiership. Yeah. Which, you know, if you were using amphetamines, wouldn't be outside the no, realms of possibility, it's, it's possibility that you never slept. He has aged quite a bit. He, it, the other thing, too, is it explains his... Again, he could... We don't know anything, but if he is doing certain things, and if he's recreationally trying a few bits and pieces, as you you know, he can yeah. do. Well, he can, and we don't have to judge him. But it is against the law. It is. It is. You know, it is. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of running out of things to say. I guess the point I'm making is, it would explain some of his more eccentric behaviour. Yeah. You know, the last couple of years when he's been interviewed, including that one where he said. Uh, what are you going to do after you finish this job, Bomber? And he said, I'll become a frozen water salesman. I'll sell ice. And then they kind of awkwardly laughed and cut the interview. <laughs> it's, and- w- it's worse than that because he says the jerk, he says frozen ice, a uh, frozen water salesman. Then everyone laughs. And then they sort of stay on it for a bit because half the people on the panel don't laugh. And he's like, ice. And they're like, ah. And then they cut. He and explains then, his own joke. Well, because you also have Mike Sheehan going, "What did what did you say? What what did you say?" Like as then Jared Healy's trying to continue on, <laughs> yeah, or, or cut the, and then Hurdy's sitting there having a bit of a chuckle, a bit of oh boy, yeah. Look, it's I I read that when they needed a caretaker for Hurd, which is when Thompson stepped in for a year, um, Danny Frawley was on that selection committee, yes, and he said that he'd heard some stuff about Bomber at the time, and he actually had to step away. He didn't want to be part of the committee because he didn't believe in the decision to bring. Bomber into the role, and someone else at Essendon stepped away as well shortly after that because they just yeah, went. He, well, he, he came out and he said one of the shrewdest operators at Essendon was this bloke. I think it was either the CEO or the club manager or something, and he yeah. resigned within a, a week. Yeah, 
And there was also like Bomber Thompson was in the running for Gold Coast position as well. And that just pretty much went away. And I think it was because there was a lot of rumor and innuendo in the industry. And at the time, he had a crack at it and said, it's bullshit. People are slandering me. Well, maybe they weren't. It, I, for me, like, I, I don't know you as a Essendon supporter. For me as a Geelong supporter, I have a real mixed response to this story. Because on one hand, he brought me two fucking amazing things. And as a club, he gave Geelong their first win in however many years. And it was fucking beautiful. And he, you know, had a bit of a... Well, he was, you know, the original Damien Hardwick in that 05 they made finals and bombed out. 06 they missed completely. Massive internal review. 07 they come out and they win. So I see that and I'm like, fuck, it sucks because he's he was a great coach. But then you start to question at the end of that 2010 when there was a lot of like miscontent and discontent within the club and Ablett leaving because he didn't necessarily get on with Bomber and that whole thing where he dropped like Mackie and a couple of other senior players in the final because he didn't, you know, personnel clashes. And then when he left, Matthew Scarlett got up at the best and fairest and, you know, was like, well, you know, if no one's with us, we don't want to support anyone who's not with us. So, uh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, for me, I'm like, look, hopefully. But the thing is, if he's like, this is one of those things where, yes, he's a high-profile guy. He's done a lot of things and he's an AFL coach. If he's found guilty of trafficking drugs, he has to go to jail. Again, we don't know what he's, if he's done that. But, sh- like, if, if you or I... Sean, or yes. you know, Dusha probably is above the law. Yeah, yeah. But if you or I were found guilty of something like this, like I'd be someone's boyfriend in about six months. Let's um, we may as well get stuck into the round. Friday night, did you go to the game, Tom? Was that the Cattery? It was Geelong versus the GWS Giants. It was a good old-fashioned drobbing. Oh, mate, <laughs> sixty-one um, points. I was there. If you don't mind, I'll tell you what. I was a lot happier this week than I was the previous week. Redemption. Thy name is Geelong. <laughs> Actually, Redemption, thy name is Reese Stanley or uh, Mitch Duncan or uh, Tom Hawkins. Uh, we'll <laughs> really? get to that. No, look, probably one of our best four-quarter performances for the year, I think, barring the Port Adelaide game. Yep. Um, I was really happy with it. People are talking a lot about the outs for, for GWS and they're missing you know, quite a few players, but most of those players are in their forward line and we have a back line that's got like four guys who've played 12 games, so... I think their outs in the forward line were balanced out by our outs, our outs in defense. But no, it was just good, good, solid four-quarter performance. We just marked well, guys lifted. And the best thing was, so from where, I mean, I didn't look at, I saw the stats afterwards, but watching the game, it didn't look like Dangerfield or Selwood were the only people doing all the, the work. Like it was, it was Mitch Duncan played an absolute belter. Uh, Tim Kelly, holy shit. Tim Kelly, recruit of the year. It's it's shit that the Rising Star Award only applies to players under twenty one, yeah. Because otherwise he would be a lock. He he is probably him and Tom Stewart are leading the Geelong Best and Fairest count at this point, and I'd be happy if either of them won. Yeah, Tim Kelly, what a find, what a jet. He just looks so good. I'm happy. Bruce McAvaney was very up for him. Oh yeah, Bruce Bruce McAvaney, and the other one that Bruce was behind, who could and should. I don't know if the Rising Star has been announced yet, but Jack Henry. Who was recruited as a high, like half forward, has been playing in defence all year, played an absolute blinder, often opposed to Jonathan Patton, who was yep. a very good player, not a shocker, but a very good player. We just looked, it, it, it was the first time I've looked at that team and going, you know what? I, it's hard to work out who goes out of this side, knowing that yep. there are players to come back. And I feel like 
we're starting to – some of those players will start to come back. We've managed to get through kind of a really tricky period. And what it's given us is flexibility in defense and flexibility through the midfield and yep. flexibility on the forward line, mm-hmm. which is something we've not had. And um, Asava Radagalia, he's going to be. Mate, can I say this? Go for it. BT calling the game. I think he's moved beyond his favorite, Orazio. Oh. I think he's got a new pet, and I think it's Radagalia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name, Asava yeah. Radagalia. That's it. It's when he, he, he gives him the full name. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, no, true, true. It's him because he, he's just a ball magnet. How many times does the ball come at him? And he's just he's either getting his hands at it or he's in the contest or he's bringing it to ground level. He's very exciting. I think I messaged you guys on the night and I was like, he's exciting, he's clumsy, he's the future. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. He'll get better. He does. He did get caught a couple of times where... But, Ian, it took three Giants players to like bring him down on both occasions. He's just a big monster of a man and I love it. Mm. Get, I'm getting around him. I'm, I'm contemplating... I am contemplating... Getting either because I've got a footy jumper without a number on it, but I'm <sighs> contemplating getting either, 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 yeah, one of the two <laughs> following numbers on my back. Good save, uh, eleven or seventeen, because both Kelly and Radigalia have just had an awesome instant impact since they started playing. Yeah, so very happy. What about the Giants? Uh, that was shitful. Yeah, yeah, they're in trouble. Th- like 30, 37 points. Is that what they scored? Thirty-two. Their second lowest score ever. Their lowest was in their first season of 31. I could be wrong, but I do also believe it's the lowest disposal efficiency of any team this season. They went at 59%. They just kept kicking it to us. And good, like this is the thing, people are like, oh, they're missing a lot of class. Dylan Shield and Stephen Cornelio were both in that team, as was Ryan Griffin and Callan Ward. And the amount of times they just bombed it long to Mark Blitzarves or Tom Stewart or like Dangerfield was just cooked. You doubled their marks. Which, yeah, that's an easy way to murder a team. Mark's inside 50 was 17 to 2. Jesus. Are you serious? So that's fucked. They took two marks in the whole game inside 50. Yeah. Patton had a shocker. There was two passages of play in his forward 50 where the ball came into him and he just missed it. Just fresh air. Just missed it completely and it fell into the lap of a guy next to him. He got outmarked by a guy who is four foot eight. Hang on, are we talking about uh, Grey West and Sydney or uh, key Essendon forward Joe Danaher? <laughs> uh, in fact, GWS played like 22 Joe Danaher's. <laughs> Jesus. And with a bit of Billings on top. Now, so Geelong's, Geelong's oh, back. Boy. Um, Cop that, Jack. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Get on the train. It's um, pulling out of the South Geelong station. Nothing really to say about the Giants other than they were just fucking terrible. Well, did you hear that um, Leon Cameron actually called their performance tripe? Well, I watched him in the... Uh, post-match interview. Unhappy? That's a defeated-looking man. <laughs> like, because like, I watch Chris Fagan every week come in pretty chipper and positive and trying to keep it real. Leon Cameron came in and he looked weary. He looked he looked like a bloke who wasn't happy to be wearing a jacket that was bright orange. Because <laughs> no one's going to miss him. No. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though, is I think the difference between Fagan is Fagan's expectations that's it. are exactly where the team's at, whereas the Giants have played prelim finals last year. They've destroyed teams this year. They roll up to Geelong. And the last couple of games they've had in Geelong against Geelong, yes, we've won. But the Giants have been in them. And we we drew against them last year. They've beaten us a couple of times. Like, they're, they're not the team that they were. And they went backwards by about four years. I brought this up pre-season. Pressure's on, Cameron. Is it, though? I think so, yeah. They keep playing like that, absolutely. Yep. True. That's a good list. I mean, it's injury-ravaged at the moment. But, I mean, so is Geelong. 
This, this, is, this is the point I was making. So the people are like, oh, they're missing, you know, Jeremy Cameron, Toby Green, uh, and Josh Kelly, who are three superstars. And I'm like, right. So to counteract Green and, and, and Cameron, we're missing Taylor and Henderson, our two best backmen. We're missing a, a guy by the name of Gary Ablett Jr., who yep. may have been one of the best players of the last 15, 20 years. Don't call him son of God for nothing. Like, Cockatoo could be anything when fit. Cam Guthrie is an important cog in that back line. There are players... We went with our second-choice Ruckman. There are, there are so many... We're missing probably probably six or seven of our best 22. We're nearly two months into the season. Yep. Where did you say Geelong would finish at the start of the year? I had us finishing in the top four. Has, has that changed? Uh, I don't think so. I think if, if we had... Have, we, we, we've, we've come out of the seven, this seven-game period with more wins than losses... Um, one of those losses was against West Coast in West Coast and we lost three players to injury. And as we've seen, West Coast are a very good side this year. Yes. The other one was Sydney in Geelong, which happens a lot. Unaccept, but you know, and Hawthorne by a point. We're, we're fine. We're about to, we're, we're, apparently, I think Harry Taylor is either playing at AFL or VFL this level this weekend. Gary Ablett comes back. Um, I think there's a couple more guys that are available. Smith, Guthrie's about four weeks away. Cockatoo's about four weeks away. McCarthy's fit. Menzel's back. Like, there are. That's the thing. We kicked all these goals, and Dan Menzel, our leading goal kicker, was not on the side. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we've weathered the hardest probably part of the year for us. These players will start to come back. The younger guys will get get more game time. I think we tip, could be anything this year, Sean. I tip my hat to Stewie Cramery as well. I oh, what a what a champion. Hundredth game, first game for Geelong. Kicked two goals. Looked good. I think he'll be. A good addition. He'll be handy. Um, don't know if he gets a game unless Tom Hawkins gets rubbed out, and in which case he probably stays in. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Tomahawk? Yeah, had a, had one of those games that Tomahawk loves to have. Equal parts brilliant and frustrating in that he kicked four goals, towed Phil Davis up, and then got sent to the tribunal for intentionally touching the umpire. Touching um, him? He gave him the old... <laughs> he fucking tomahawked his hand. He split it in half. He, he tapped his hand away. He fucking oh. cut it to pieces. Look, and I will say, in he was interviewed about it afterwards, and he said, I thought it was the opposition player. And if you watch the footage, as soon as he pushes the hand away, all of a sudden, Ryan Griffin's grabbing onto his arm. So, the giant players are all around him. I I don't think it holds up. Yeah. and oh, like, He's, he's going to get a week. Yeah, I it. guarantee he'll get a week because he's Tom Hawkins, and when he goes to the tribunal for shit that other people get fined for, he gets weeks. Well, you mentioned there were five incidences, yep. uh, incidents last week. Yep. Were they that? Were they like that, or were they just the the old accidental bump into him? Careless, sort of thing? careless contact. Because I'll tell you what: if they take the approach, Tom Hawkins says, and I probably agree with him that he thought it was an opposition hand. Yeah, but the AFL are going to look at it and be like, "You like that's extremely disrespectful to an umpire." Oh, You've he, pushed an umpire he, 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 away. Went, he went after the game. And He's getting to weeks. The He's probably getting one, maybe two. Now he'll get one week, I think. Give him um, four. <laughs> Why? Fuck you. We're just getting players back. I'm happy. But nah, he'll get fuck a week. him. It's his own dumb fault. Oh, it is. Absolutely. But he, it's a week. It's not four weeks. He'll get a week and probably like a $2,000 fine. Joking. <laughs> he'll go, yeah, he won't get four weeks. He'll, he'll, get, he'll get one week and a huge fine. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I watch that footage a lot and I wanted to be on your side. But like the umpire's standing in front. Like, it's yeah. not like the umpire's behind him. No, he's an idiot. And he, as I've said, no, but he should get a week and a fine. Tom, I, like, I get your argument that he probably thought it was the other player. But the other player doesn't really come into like. His vision until after he's pushed the hand away. Yeah. So I think he's. I think it's a. I think he's I, cracked the shits. Yeah. And he just hasn't thought. Can I say 
to be fair also to the umpire and everyone involved in that incident, Tom Hawkins, you're a fucking idiot in that incident anyway <laughs> because you gave away a 50-meter penalty like a dick. Like it was the most blatant... F- you just need a guy in the net, in the back, and then like hit him in the head. It was an act of thuggery. It was so late. It was like Jonathan Brown late. Like that's yeah. what it was. And It was Jonathan Brown before he became a, a true leader and, and, and eradicated that from his game. Did eradicated he? stupidity. Did he? Yeah, it stopped, he stopped doing it, but it started happening to him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I, he'll probably get a week and a big fine, I reckon. So, Cramery probably gets a reprieve. Menzel comes back in for Hawkins. Good. Give me more Cramery. Yeah, I like him. He's quick. Huge game down at, uh, was it Ballarat or Bendigo? Ballarat. Ballarat. I was on Mars. Um, yeah, is that what it's called? Mars Stadium? Mars Stadium, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Doggies took on the Gold Coast Suns. Very close game. Bit of a shootout. Yeah. Gold Coast Suns were missing both captains, Lynch and May. They're full forward and they're full back. And you look at that, Doggies you go, missed oh. Bontempelli. And Eastern Wood. Yeah, I forgot about Eastern Wood. And Jack Redpath. Ah, uh, fuck Redpath. Okay. Was he in last week? <laughs> no. Oh, then fuck him. Who gives a shit? All right, fair. No, all right. Has he got in at all this week? Yeah. He's, uh, this he's year, I mean, sorry. He's done his knee. Ah, stop him. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. Time to give Shacky a run. Why is he not getting a run? Because he's a TC and he's brittle and he's, <laughs> he's is like- he, Is he he's, injured? He's, he's, he's um. His bloody spine and his integrity is about as thin as butter scraped on toast. Depends. How Hopefully, he plays this week against Brisbane. I like a lot of butter, Sean, because Hodgie will just—he'll give him the dermy throat chop. <laughs> Can I say Hodgie won't do it? Because no, Hodgie, Hodgie doesn't have the history. Yeah, you know he'll do it. Uh, Nick Robertson. Yes. He'll <laughs> come back in, returning from suspension, and he'll just headbutt somebody. <laughs> He's your favourite player, isn't he? He's not my favourite, but I love him because if I was the coach, he'd be the one you can go up to and be like, I want you to fuck that guy up all day. And he would <laughs> fuck him up. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, you get really excited about it. <laughs> like, the, like a Ryan Crowley, but with more talent. Oh, I don't know about the talent. <laughs> Robbo, he's a, he's a good young player. I'm nervous every time he gets the ball, though. Um, I don't know about his disposal efficiency, but he's having, like, if he can get a consistent run and not get suspended, he's an important player for us, and he'll come back in this week. But back to the Doggies and the Suns. Jack um, McRae, an absolute fucking blinder of a game, 40 touches. He's having a good year. He's having a very good year. He just kind of creeps under the radar. Well, cause he's does not- he hurt you? Is, is it one of those that he... No, he does, because he plays high half forward. So mm. he's kicking goals or he's going inside 50. Something like 20 of those disposals were contested as well. Really? Because here's the thing about... He's he's added that to his game. He used to be an outside kind of runner, but he's getting a bit more ball through the middle. I think I think the issue with McRae is he flies under the radar because Bontempelli, JJ, Libba when he's fit, Caleb Daniel, weirdly. Because the Bulldogs just have players that you look at because they look interesting. They have flashy players. They've got flashy players. And McRae's not super flashy. He's a... He's probably filled that Liam Picken role that now that Pickens He's a soldier. Clark, I would love him at Hawthorne. He would. He's averaging thirty two touches for the season. Yeah, it's insane. So that's fucking massive. Johannes, so uh just want to also point out, Johannesson came into my work a couple of days before this match, uh, to see Infinity War. Does he like, like it? I didn't get a chance to speak to him afterwards. Shame. His hair is as ridiculous in real life as it appears on TV. It is t- do you know the year they won the premiership and he had a shaved head? Yeah. They're like, Oh, so did you go for a new hairstyle? And he goes, No, he wanted to do that hairstyle. But they like fucked it up, so he just shaved it off. And then, then as soon as his hair grew back, he got himself the blonde afro again. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Stick he's, to being aerodynamic. <laughs> he's playing in the forward line, so he's if he if he becomes a small, high forward, flashy half forward flanker player, he's got the hair for it. <laughs> he's deadly up forward. I'm concerned because we play them next oh, week. Bro. I was like, well, I'll tell you something he's... that's making me lick my lips, actually. Is the, the ruck contest. Jared Witt's fucking dominated. 
Well, 131 fantasy points. He had 58 hitouts. He was up against Boyd and uh, Tim English. And Boyd's mostly playing forward. They had uh, less than 20 hitouts between them. So Jesus. Steph Martin is. Uh, He's going to have a bit of a roast next week, I reckon. <laughs> and, and you know what? When he has a roast, Brisbane do pretty well usually. That's not uh, not a bad call, Tom. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually see this game, so I don't know. It's like Jack Martin had a pretty decent game for the Gold Coast. Gold Coast, they like full credit to them because they've been on the road nearly every game this season. They don't have. I don't home, think they've actually been home. Have the a home Coast ground in game. eight months. Yeah. I think since the finals last year, they haven't actually. Actually, their end of season trip, they just turned into the start of the year and they just started to do it. <laughs> it's just a weird quirk because of the Commonwealth Games. So they get their home ground back, I think, after round 11. Fuck. Like they still have to go. They, have, they play Port Adelaide in China, I think, still, don't they? Oh, They've got some travelling to do. I'll tell you this. Dragon Stewart, this, this isn't even. This shouldn't even be a profit call because this is just reality and fact. They're a young team. They're going to be cooked in the second half of the year. Yeah. They're going to cop some fucking beltings. And can I say this? Yeah. Do you reckon Stuart Jew wakes up every morning at that club, looks at that fixture against China and just curses Tony Cochran and be like, fucking, why did we agree to do this fucking shit? <laughs> yes, probably. Yeah. They're playing at the Gabba next week and then China the week after. They're, they're a tackling machine. Like, they had 91 tackles again on the weekend. Well, that's, that's I think, the Stuart Jew approaches, which is to harden them up a bit because they used to be kind of outside runners, but they've become a bit more of a grunt, gritty team, which is good. It's what they need. The Dodgers I mean, had 80 tackles as well, though, so it's a tackle-intensive game. Was the weather... A bit bad down there. No, it was, conditions it was, aren't great it, it, for footy in Ballarat, are It's they? windy as fuck. Yeah. It's a bit like playing in uh, Tassie. So it's windy and a bit cold. It didn't rain, but it, be, it was a bit of a grind because any long kick, just you didn't know which direction it was going in. Yeah. And no player worked out the wind all day. So it's, <laughs> so it's not great for the AFL who are bemoaning the uh, set shot accuracy. Can I say they can bemoan the set shot accuracy? And, you know, last week there was all these claims that the game is shoot house. And look, Friday night, if neutral supporter, terrible game of football. Um, but there were three games this week that were decided by like kicks within the last couple of minutes, and they're all exciting. Yep. So the game is fine, and everyone just needs to calm the fuck down. Dusha, what happened on Saturday afternoon, mate? Your oh. Bombers hosted the Hawks. Bit of a line in the sand game. Lost by four goals. Yeah, and I was looking like we were going to lose by about 10 at one point. Mm. Uh, was, this, was this when you guys didn't come back out for halftime? Yeah. That's so right. uh, Essen did their favorite tactic, something I spoke about last week, where... Have a competitive first quarter, then just don't turn up for a bit. It's been two, maybe three weeks in a row where they've done that. Uh, the game against Adelaide that we won, round one, they also did that. That's why Adelaide got back into it. Yeah, Adelaide got back into it and looked like they were going to overrun us, but then we just turned it back on. Essendon have not played a good third quarter this year once. It just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's like something fucked with the club culture at the moment. I don't know if there's like two, there was like, a lot of the players are still too young, and the pressure that was put on them to be a top four side has just like cooked them. It's just very upsetting to watch. What are your thoughts on the coach? Well, at first I was like, no, this is probably a sensible decision. But as the losses pile up, maybe it's not. Like, how how long did they re-signed him for? I don't know if it was another year or two. I feel like it's more than one year. I think it might have been two then. Maybe three. Would you? Would you? If you had your time again, but is. Is the problem the coach? Because he was saying there was a press conference because the thing that Essendon had been doing the last couple of weeks is like handballing themselves into trouble, like constantly going by hand instead of by foot. And a team like Hawthorne just loves that because you handball it around and then they just spring a trap and all of a sudden you're just like surrounded. I was seeing his press conference and he came out and said, oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with all that handballing. We don't do it at training. Like it's just come into the game and I'm not sure why. That's insane then because- they did it again on the weekend. Um, and it's also insane that he, 
If he's seeing that and saying that after the game, he's just admitting he's not really coaching them. Yeah. That's a real weird thing to say. Do you know like, who they should get back? Bomber, Bomber Thompson. Thompson. Guy doesn't sleep. <laughs> you know who, the, in all seriousness, and this won't happen either, Matty Knights. He's playing, you know, he's a PFL coach at Geelong. He's very good now at Geelong. He's having a fucking great time. Oh, you know, okay. We're throwing Wusher under the bus. Yeah. But I think it's past time. You're gone, mate. Blake Carousella. Yeah. I, I mean, think Matty Lloyd said that. I think he goes, they need to pinch him and get him into like a a role there. Or maybe Tim Watson said, I can't remember. But the Bombers, I don't know what's going on. They're just, there's something fucked. And I, I don't know if Wush is the guy. Especially, like you guys said, that comment is very strange. As a general rule, you don't want to have more handballs and kicks. And it seems to be happening. Unless, unless you're a team that. Unless you're Geelong during glory days. Geelong during glory days, but even the Bulldogs in that premiership winning team. And Richmond actually have handball a lot, but they're actually the highest ranked team for metres gained with handball. So they handball like 10, 20 metres. They're long handballs. That's what it is. It's it's forward handballing and it's handballing with purpose, whereas I I watched some Essendon highlights. They handball to people standing next to them. It's pressure. It's I don't want the ball. Fuck. Handball it off, and then the next guy does, and the pressure builds and builds and builds. They turn it over, goal kicked. Well, yeah, because it's it's never to an advantage of a player, and it's never with a player. You want to handball to a guy moving, yeah. or if you're going to handball to someone standing still, they need to be on their own by like five or ten meters. I think what is happening with the hand passes, Essendon got kind of good at it when we sucked at everything else. Our midfield used to like because like um, Joe Watson was not a good kick for a bit, but he was. Had a fucking mean handball. Yeah. But then later in his career, when he became a superstar, minus the one year of a scandal, something. I don't know. Yeah. Former know. Brownlow medalist, Joe Watson. <laughs> um, uh, he's a good bloke. Yeah. Tusha, is it too early to make bold calls about some of the blokes you brought in this season? Well. Can I throw a name at you? Yes. Jake Stringer. <laughs> no, but Jake Stringer, this is the thing, right? 11 touches on the week. He had four kicks on the weekend. But the last three weeks before that, he kicked like three goals, three goals, and three goals. I still think he's been shit out. But he's, he's, that's, that's what you get with Jake Stringer. He's either going to kick you lots of goals and play well, or he's going to be shit house. I feel like that's unfair to, to Jakey because he's playing in a forward line where instead of kicking it to them, they just bomb it long to the advantage of the opposition. I'm just looking at his numbers for the year. He's averaging 12 touches a game. For a bloke who spent a fair, probably half those games in the midfield. Yeah, but he wasn't suited to that. doesn't have the tank. 66% disposal efficiency. Looking at his scoring now. He's kicked 10 goals in seven weeks. It's not great. No. But, I mean... Look, uh, I yeah, admire look, that you're trying to defend I'm trying out. really yeah. hard, Dusha. You shouldn't be. <sighs> uh, tip uh, McDonald tipping Woody is not doing much. Had a bad game. Yeah. He kicked, well, he kicked a last goal, the guy. Good on him. You know who... He's really letting me down because I tipped him to be your most important recruit, and that's Saad. He's doing fuck all. Smith's doing okay. Yeah, Smith's not too bad. Saad has been up and down. Yeah. Like, he's someone that I would not be confident, like, riding off yet. And because the thing with this fucking Essendon team, and it's the same every year, it's starting to get under my skin. <laughs> one week we might just fucking turn it around because something's not working, but if that one thing just stops, the team's fine. Do yeah. you know what is working? Aerodynamic Tom Bell Chambers. Yeah, he had a fucking sick game as Big well. Big game. Yeah. Is he gonna? Is he the kind of guy who, if he's not, like, how old is Bell Chambers? Twenty nine, twenty eight. He is like twenty eight. So he's twenty eight, right? Yep. They go through this year. It's another failed he's campaign. Twenty nine in a couple of months. If you're Tommy Bell Chambers and a club that just needs one good ruckman and is reasonably successful, for example, GWS. Come calling and say, hey, mate, three-year deal. Can't offer you that much. You'll play finals. Keep shaving your head. 
keep shaving your head. I mean, or, or is, Sydney. Is Aerodynamic good enough to get these offers? Bulldogs? He? I'll tell you what, the, the Bulldogs, but they haven't had a proper Ruckman in, in years, and they're not doing anything about it. It's, well, got, it's that's, that's, what, that's what English is. English is Yeah, no, but English Ruckman. is too, he's still too young. Yeah, but how does he get better? You've got to keep playing him. It's, 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 oh, it's tricky because the game's changed too. You don't really play two Ruckman anymore. No. You, so play, you play a Ruckman and a forward that can rest, or you do what fucking Nat Fife did on the weekend and played in the Ruck <laughs> as well. This is why clubs are reluctant to draft Ruckman with first-round draft picks, mm. because if you look at a lot of the Ruckman who've come on in the last few years, they're blokes that have done it at a mature age. Yeah. Like, they've been in the system for Martin's six, seven, been around eight years. For a while. Martin didn't really become good until he was about 27. Mm. Well, see, like, Smith, Zach Smith's an exception because he was recruited by Gold Coast in that inaugural thing, which yeah. is why he's there. But Reece Stanley was recruited as a forward who could pinch hit in the ruck and has become a ruckman. Yeah. Bell Chambers, I think, was the same. Yeah, I, I, I think, and Paddy Ryder, like- Grundy's the only one I can really think of who was, like, taken as a ruckman. Yeah. I'm like Nat Nui, I suppose. Yeah, Nick Nat's an, ex- an exception to a rule. Belchamp is- oh, I'm not entirely sure. That's 10 years ago, Nick Nat. Yeah. Fuck. It's a long time. Yeah, I can't- I'm not 100% confident with Belchamp because I don't know if he started in the ruck and then got played forward for a bit and now is back in the ruck and he's a lot better, or if it was- he was forward, then he put him in the ruck, but then he, like, turned it on. Because he- English is going to be good, though. He, he will be, he, yeah. he looks- he's raw, but he's going to be good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just quickly on Belchamp, next week, 100 game. Oh, good on him. Good on him. Well, He'll play his and then go, uh, I want to go somewhere else. Well, I don't know, because we've got Carlton next week. If we fucking lose that, That's I dangerous. mightn't be here next week. I mean, Carlton Argy will win. So a fucking accident. Shut up, Tom. Nah, look, <laughs> look I, I believe. I believe. They'll bounce back. What will happen is it'll be one of those things where the media scrutiny will build another week, and then they'll come out There's firing. been talk that Joey gets dropped. I... Surely not with Carlton on the horizon. <sighs> That'd be a game where you're like, right, Joey, this is your chance to go and play six goals. Well, the thing is, yes, so I keep him in the team against Carlton. If he does nothing, next week, the following week, we got Geelong at the MCG. Jesus. No, no, no. The last time we played you guys in the MCG, he kicked like six. He yeah. tore us apart. Yeah, but he was probably in a bit more form than... Let's check his stats of this year. It's something like he's... They're just... I, no I don't good. think that's all his fault, though. Again, he's getting awful delivery. He's also lacking in confidence. There's none of that cheeky Joey swagger. He's averaging one goal a game. Man, it's not- seven. Seven goals, nine. That's Scoring not- accuracy is thirty percent. Fucking hell! Yes, this See? is a bloke who this is a bloke who kicked nearly seventy goals last year and was an All Australian. Benny Brown had a similar rise last year, and he's managed to go on with it. He's he's actually gone gone ahead again. Joey's just stuttering. Although Ben Brown this week only kicked one goal. Disgusting. It's a despicable <laughs> effort. Yeah, but his team won. Shut up. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> At the moment, just let me be upset. Okay. I'm upset. All right. Next game. Okay. <laughs> the Eagles hosted Port Adelaide and they won by seven goals. Very convincing. Very convincing. But boys, did Hellhole Stadium claim another victim? <laughs> uh, Hellhole Stadium didn't just claim another victim, boys. It turned on its own. Luke Shuey, <laughs> hamstring, I believe, or ankle, or leg, foot, some kind of injury to the lower half of his body. Something that, that was 100% caused by running on a surface that is just concrete painted green. When are the AFL going to do something about this? Guys, it's as if the fucking spray-painted fumes have gone to Gil's head. <laughs> well, no, I think I, I think Gil has anything to do with it, frankly. No. I think it's Western Australian football. I, I think what happened is Gil goes over there, and they actually just take him back to the old Subi. They have Subi <laughs> go over and go, see, Gil, look, it looks fine. It just doesn't look like that one on the TV. Oh, it always looks weirder on the TV. 
There's construction. Go- There's a cricket pitch out here. Again, always looks weirder on the TV. All right, boys, I believe you. Now, Hell Hall Stadium claimed another victim. I, it's I was fucked. I tr- the amount of injuries on this ga- ground is just cooked. So I wanted for this show to do a bit of research, and I got bored halfway through. But from my little count, there looks to be at least seven injuries as a direct or indirect result of playing at Hell Hall Stadium. Do you know? Do you know who hasn't been injured? Been, it's only been open for. This season, right? Yep. So seven rounds, seven injuries. Yep. So you're averaging an injury a game. Yep. That's fucked. That's worse than Eddie had in its prime fuckedness. It's um, and I'm also not factoring in like minor injuries that you know, like Zach Tui and Mark Blitzarves cutting their arms open on the fence. Oh no, I chucked them in for sure. <laughs> All right, so nine. <laughs> oh fucking hell, that's um, too much. That's pushed it over the edge. Yeah, it's which is a shame because West Coast are playing. Re- that's why West Coast are playing really well. They go look. Adam Simpson's like, this stadium's fucked, but I'm prepared to take the risk that some of my boys are going to get hurt because at least they're going to be used to it. They know what to expect from this awful, cursed ground. The guys coming in from interstate, they have no idea what's going to hit them. Oh, all the West Coast players just have really shock-absorbent shoes. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. I gave um, Jack Redden a bit of a bake a few weeks ago, told him he needed a lift. He is also probably a listener of the, of the show. Fan of the show, Jack Redden. Um, he's listened. His last two weeks, maybe even three weeks, have been very good. It's weird. Their contested ball, we queried this in the preseason because they lost Mitchell and Prittis, who were contested machines, and they were shit out at it last year as well, West Coast. They're yeah. awesome this year. They smashed Port Adelaide and contested. Yeah. To get the, I'll get the numbers up, Tom. It'll blow your mind. Do you know, do you know, contested possessions, yes. 161 to 121. Holy shit. Winning that by 40 is huge. How many of Redden's possessions were contested? Give me a moment and I'll... All right. I'll, While you're looking at that... The other thing that uh, West actually, Coast... I actually had that open. Give me one second. Oh, man. You guys... He had 11. Yeah. Yeah, 11. 11 of his 32. That's pretty could've, good, though. Could have done a bit better. But he's, no, he's good changed idea. his game a bit. Yeah. No, Kicked he... a goal. Six tackles. Back to his best, you could say. Back to his best. Can I say, though... Yep. The other thing that West Coast are doing that makes them a better side is they're not Kennedy dominant anymore. Well, Dependent, he, he, still, he, still kicked, he still kicked four goals. He still kicked four, but he's not the only target they're going to every single time. Jack Darling's finally Did stepped up. Did you see up. Jack Darling's goal? Oh, it was unreal. It was fucking unbelievable. It was awesome. Give him goal of the week. Goal of the week? Yeah, goal of the week. Of the I, year? I feel like we have the power. Not of the year. Charlie, uh, Charlie Cameron kicked a ripper. Oh, true. That one is um, tackle. But it was, a, it was an awesome goal. Well, let's Jack be Darling, honest, Luke Parker won it in round one with that bicycle kick over his head. Oh, that was huge. I don't, I don't rate that goal. Well, Not okay. conventionally AFL enough for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If that wins, if that's in contention come the end of the year, I'll be writing a, a fucking impassioned letter uh, to AFL house. Do you remember when Matthew Lloyd nearly won goal of the year with a back heel in the goal square, which is like the most non-event bullshit <laughs> goal? Like, it rolls out of a pack and he just sticks the back of his heel out and clips it over the line. And people are like, that's the goal of the year. It's like, fuck, that wouldn't even get a mention in 2018. <laughs> in 2018, we'd be like, cool. Cool. People are just like... Do it lying down <laughs> from 40 out. You know what? Talking about goal of the year. Shrug off e- three tackles. <laughs> talking about goal of the year and an Essendon player just made my mind go to mark of the year from an Essendon player. Not the most recent one. Do you guys remember the Gary Moorcroft mark? Oh, huge. Abs- Every day. It's the stuff of legends. <laughs> you, just, you just get up and you go, I wonder what I'm going to Oh, I'm a Gary Moorcroft's mark. The we problem is that fucked his career. That it mark did. It- just because it fucked his back real bad. Really? Yeah. That, yeah he, it killed his career. He was never the same. 
Wow. Because he got so high. He, <laughs> got did, he was in outer space and he <laughs> fell down. It was fucked. We're going to tweet a video of that because that's yeah, amazing. an unbelievable mark. It's similar. I'm glad. This is a thing I really like about Essendon. They've hurt me so much, but there's so many moments in Essendon's history of just who? huge things where I'm like, fuck. That's who commentated bad. that, Mark? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Or it might have been Bruce. Was it Bruce? Yeah. Because I remember the commentary just being, oh boy. Well, yeah, because he... I mean, we're gonna post check it out. Check out the Howgood's Footy Twitter. We'll post it when this episode goes live. But he takes like he jumps on a bloke that's like twice the size of him, gets basically on his shoulders, and then, and then ex- bends back, fully, fully <laughs> extends. I, I think about that, Mark. And then the other thing that people talk about is being an aerial specialist. But I think is possibly out. If you looked at a lot of big marks over the years, this one is actually a piddly mark. But people always think it's a massive, awesome mark particularly the person who made it. I'm talking about Warwick the Wiz Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> that mark, Barely not that great. Ground. It's not that great. <laughs> he talks it up because he's that's who he is. Mm. It's it's fine. Like I also will say as a Geelong player, as a Geelong player, fuck, as a Geelong supporter, uh, this one is a great mark, but if it had happened in 2018, would not be paid as a mark is Gary Ablett's mark of the century. Where he just t- like oh, takes yeah. a massive hang up, then he hits the ground and the ball j- bounces out of his hands. There is no way the umpire is not just calling play on this year. <laughs> <if that happens. laughs> um, who is next? Do you know what Mark holds up? And this is not uh, this is not a controversial call at all. Jezelenko's mark over Graham Jerker Jenkins, huge. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, <laughs> there's a statue of it at my work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good mark. It's like the if you had to say to someone what is what is like a what's a hanger what's a specky what's a big mark you just show them that one it's like this it, that is the quintessential big mark I don't recall if I, I would have walked past the statue they don't have the guy he's climbing in the statue do oh they? no no it's so it's not in the it's in the museum and they oh, do oh it's not outside it's a statue of the mark so it's him on a guy's back and they made a statue of that guy's face yes oh that that hurts as you being hang it on. <laughs> Oh, they didn't no. have to put him in there. Um, yeah, they did. Graham Jeez. Jenkins was like pretty good player for Collingwood when that happened. None it's, of that matters. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like he will always be known as the guy that Jezelenko took a mark on. Yeah, like <laughs> is this too big a call for me to say? But up in Sydney on the weekend, it was upset of the year. Oh, hundred percent. Sydney Swans, North Melbourne, North won up by two points. Fucking awesome game from North Melbourne. Uh, to Jared, who is our listener who barracks for North Melbourne, they looked awesome considering. White didn't play. Brown only kicked one. Brown only kicked one. Mason Wood came in, kicked four, including the sealer, which was a ripper. Awesome. Goal. Uh, one oh. of the goals of the round. One of the goals of the round. It's in there as well. Tim versus Darling. That, that old shake and bake, get around a couple of people. I think Mason Woods is better for the stakes on that kick. Oof. Because that Good kick, call. That kick, puts him in, that, kick, that kick wins the game. Won the game. Sydney what? had a chance to snatch it back. But see, the game's not dead. Again, that is an awesome game. Totally different. Contested, tough, in and under game. But that win by North Melbourne How proves- could Sean Higgins? Why have we not- 
I, I feel like we fucked up, guys. I think I think the oh. world fucked up when they went, oh, North Melbourne. I used to think they looked like a punch, a, a bunch of dickheads. <laughs> they now still I, do. I, they're kind of like a ragtag team of. Well, I used to. I would usually label them a ragtag team of cunts, but now, <laughs> lovable scamps. They are lovable scamps. <laughs> they're they're a team of that. Do you know what they? Do you know what they remind me of? They they look and feel like a Moneyball team. Yes, like yeah, a bunch okay. of like. You know, one of their best forwards is this like up and coming Tasmanian with crazy hair. Um, the other forward they've got is a man who's 900 years old. <laughs> um, they've got a lot of recycled players from other clubs. They, they don't have like flashy, upstarty kind of like their midfielders are all like grunt, plotter sort. When I say plotter, like that's, you know, I don't mean that disrespectfully. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like Cunnington and Zebel aren't, you know, doing absurd tricks. They're just getting the ball and they're putting them where it needs to go. Yep. They're, um, Something Essendon's lacking, by the way. True. And I guess you brought it up, I think, the other week, Dusha, when you were saying that, or I think one Jared, our North fan, yep. brought it up, saying that a lot of their losses in the last couple of years have been by games decided by less than a goal. Yeah, they they, they finally, this would, this would be a game that two years ago or even last year they would have coughed up and they didn't. Um, and I think North Melbourne, again, a bit like Geelong, could be anything. Watching North Dusha, this is to you, mate. Mm. Is it fair to say Essendon lack a bit of, dare I say, shin bonus spirit? Oh, I would absolutely say that. And like, it's just, it's so upsetting because like North, North this year looked like Essendon looked last year. Yeah. Like where Essendon will like, we're losing games and people are like, well, yeah, that makes sense. But then like, we'd just win huge ones. People were like, holy yep. shit. Now this year we're just losing everything. North is seventh and everyone predicted they were going to finish bottom. Does this change things come the end of the year when North, who have a lot of money to spend, are going to go after some players? Yes, hundred percent. Are they an attractive proposition? They, they actually needed. They actually needed this year, last year, and they probably would have landed Fife or Dusty, or they probably would have landed Josh Kelly. If who's out of contract? Who's the big ones out of contract this year? Who's the most comfortable being? Lead, oh, you know, who, you know, who's, you know, who's Victorian mm. uh, and probably doesn't want to play at a stadium that's going to try to kill him every second week. <laughs> Andrew Gaff. Ooh. Imagine a bit. Of, imagine a bit of Gaff's outside run in a team that has been. It means you could play Zebel forward exclusively. Still not enough. If they get Gaff, they want to go after another big gun, and they oh, have the money to do it. They'll do it. Will they go after like a, a key forward or a backman or a? I don't think Gaff will leave though. No, nah, me neither. He would have if West Coast shit the bed, but they're actually like. It's, it's hard to argue bed. that they would miss finals now. True. West there Coast, is. They're almost like a sniffer top four. There is this um, theory that's been around for a while, but after round seven of every season. The top eight doesn't really change, give or take maybe one team. So the teams that are in the top eight now are odds-on favourites to stay there. With the exception of last year where Sydney had won one Sydney and six. The, yeah, uh, there's normally one team that maybe shoots in. Another year, Richmond, remember they won about the yeah. last nine games to sneak in. But generally speaking, we could probably say you know, statistically through history, the teams that are in the top four right now are probably going to play finals for sure. Oh, absolutely. You look at the teams... Well, at least the top two, West Coast and Richmond, will just keep winning games. Like Richmond, they'll play finals. That's a lock. I think Adelaide are as well, and I do think Geelong will play finals. And then I you're mean, not confident to call West Coast a lock yet. I think West Coast are a lock. They think, get a lot of games at Optus Stadium. Yeah, they'll play finals too. They're six and one. Like Plus, they're every other team in the there. NFL is going to run out of knees. It's true. <laughs> the only problem is. You don't play the grand final at Hell Hall Stadium. You played at the G, and the the, the G is just a nice surface. It's soft, too soft. It's actually grass. It's they like are a, instead of bitumen. The they are shit house at the G. 
That's my only has like I'm happy for West Coast to have like lifted and they're doing well and the pressure's sort of off Simpson again and that's great. Good on them for for coming back. But the fact remains when they get to the finals, they're just going to lose anyway. I'm happy to uh, throw around the term flat track bullies. Flat track bullies. Well, they're, well they're, no, it's not not so concrete flat anymore. track bullies. Yeah. <laughs> um, just on the Sydney North game, yeah. um, Sydney has this for an interesting thing, right? So there's been seven games. Sydney have played four at SCG. And three away. They've won all three of their away games and only won one of their home games. Which that is, wouldn't happen a lot. <laughs> no. So they lost, they won, They beat um, GWS in, at the SCG, have now lost to Port, North, and um, who else did they play there? Uh, someone surprising, I think. Adelaide. Adelaide. And then have won on the road uh, in Sydney, in, in West Coast, Jesus. in Geelong, and I think in. At the MCG already had, mm. I want to say, against like a yeah they beat Western Bulldogs at Eddie Hart. There you go. They only just beat West Coast in that first round too. Like yeah, they only just beat Western Bulldogs. West Coast could very easily be undefeated. Yep. I mean, it, it kills me that we would have beaten them if we hadn't lost those three players to Hell Hole Stadium that day. <laughs> we may never know. I we will because we'll play them in the finals and it'll be revenge. I might have to call up Wusher and be like, "Hey, mate, when we're going over there, bring Spanies. <laughs> Maybe." Uh, maybe 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 Wusher will have the special like West Coast touch, and they get over there, and the stadium all of a sudden just turns to like lush wherever the Essendon players run, and Ooh. you have like they look at Wusher and like oh Wusher, and they just like he's like eyes roll back in his head, and he's like doing some kind of voodoo spell <laughs> on the ground. And it's his West Australian powers. Um, sorry again, back to the Sydney North game. Controversial, controversial decision. The uh, goal. The goal. So uh, the game is decided by two points. A lot of people coming out and saying that Billy Hartung's goal that was touched. But the score review didn't have didn't took too long to actually decide to do a review. Um, neither umpire called for a review, even though every goal is reviewed after the fact automatically. Mm-hmm. And then if if need be, they notify the umpire. They took too long. The umpire bounced the ball, played started. Bad luck. People are now like, well, it cost Sydney the game. And to that, I say this: that happened in like the first quarter. Sydney stormed back into it. They then had two shots on goal after Mason Woods' goal. If if you're John Longmire and I think he kind of said, oh well, I think you know McVeigh said he touched it, and then I believe it's touched it. If that's the approach you're having, then that's that's dumb. That 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 did not cost you the game. When did it happen? First quarter, first or, first half at least. It wasn't unless wasn't it happens like, within the last ten minutes. I don't give a fuck. Nah, I'll even give last quarter because last quarter I can switch momentum. Yeah. Now this was this was first half. I think it was the first quarter. If it's before halftime, shut the fuck up. Mistakes are made occasionally. I'm sick of this score review bullshit. I think get it, rid of it. Well, keep it, but only for there was a one in the grand final a few years back. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Tom Hawkins. And um, it, no, it clearly one, deflected off the post. There's that one, and then the that's one a happened howler. a year later so as well. Eradicate that from the game so that everyone's like, "Fuck's sake!" That bounced off the post and went at a right angle. You've got to bring that back. But all these ones that like they just it slows the game down, it kills momentum, and they're just little incidental ones where it's like, yeah, it might have touched the finger, but the going to the video and losing a minute and a half for this bullshit means nothing because it's like whatever. Well see, this is the thing. goal umpires don't have any courage anymore. Every second goal they're like, we'll better go upstairs and check that. Fuck off. Have some have a, have some backbone. What I think about that though is I think the thing that was really frustrating is last week, because of the length of time it took Hardwick's like, it needs to be quicker. It needs to be quicker. So this week, that the AFL were like, okay, you need you have 20 to 30 seconds to, to check to see if it needs to be reviewed and then notify the umpire. This week, they're like, oh, it needs more time. It's like, fucking shut up. You're never going to be happy if you're on the losing end of a bad goal call. Just, gonna, just suck it up. 
Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know how you don't lose a game by a goal? You fucking win. Kick more than one. Don't be in that position. Play better. Beat them. I'm gonna have a dig at the AFL and the Umpires Association <laughs> for being a sack of shit. <laughs> Every week it's like, oh, this is the hot topic um, rule this week. We better fix this up. Just have consistency throughout the whole year. Do you know what I mean? The fact that they've gone and been like, oh, no, we better speed up those decisions, and so they've changed what they've done for the first six weeks of the year. It's like, for fuck's sake, just pick a way to do it and just do it like that. Yeah. Cricket is probably a good thing to focus on with that because, like, the score review in that doesn't really fuck with the game too much because most of the time, unless the review, like, the decision originally was just, like, cooked, it doesn't really change that much. Yeah. And, like, there's a certain amount of reviews, like, the team decides and whatever. Or you could almost bring that in. Like, if someone's, cap- like, like, captain's call. Sort of that, or even, yeah, like, a captain's call because, like, if someone's, like, I definitely touched that, yeah. review it then. And then, yeah, say, like, two a game. And if it's right, you retain the review. Yeah. And if it's wrong, you lose it. Yeah. There was one in the uh, Giants game where the Giants were sort of near it and it went through and it was a goal. And the guys who were near it didn't react. They're like, oh, fuck, they kicked a goal, damn it. And Dylan Shield kind of runs in. He's like, touch, 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 trying to get in the umpire's face. And it's like, get out of there, you fuckhead. Yeah. Like, it's the the person who's closest to the ball's responsibility to say, hey, I touched that. You need to check that. Yeah. Which is what McVeigh did. Yeah. But the umpire, the umpire actually had some backbone and went, no, I believe it was a goal. And the goal umpire and the field umpire went, yep. And they went, yep, because they knew it was going to be reviewed anyway. Yeah. The review wasn't quick enough. I think, yeah, at its, at its best, the uh, decision review thing should be for like if it's hit the post or if it's an absolute howler. I don't think they should go to the video for a touch or anything like that. It's like if the field umpire saw it, then it's there. It's not like every other free kick in the game. Sometimes the umpire's view is obscured. They didn't see it. It's play on. Just do that. Like, for fuck's sake. I guess the only other time you use it is like if someone's marking it on the goal line and it's like, was the ball yeah. over or not? We've got the camera on the goal line for a reason. We'll use it for that. Well, no, but the issue is, and this is the other problem with the, the review, is not every stadium is the same. Not every stadium has goal line review technology. Well, then if they don't all have it, then, get then don't it. do it. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah. I'm stupidity. With I'm with you. Absolute stupidity. This comes back to cricket again. The India thing. Yeah. they don't. If you play India, they don't believe in reviews. So for those games, no one reviews. Just get rid of it. It's a, bu- it's a bunch of bullshit. Just like, like just like the game in Adelaide on the weekend. We're going to have a lot to talk about this game. Oh. Not. <laughs> um, out of respect for Adelaide people. Yeah, you know, they did what we expected. McGovern Carlton actually were fine for a half. Okay. And st- it's weird because they, they kind of had a bit of fight and they still lost by 10 goals. Probably so should have lost by 20. It's dark days when they have a, a game where they're just completely off. They're going to cop an absolute hiding at some point. It's Next coming. week, fingers crossed. Dale um, Thomas seemed to have a good game. 26 touches? Yeah, but like, look, I feel like, guys, let's be honest. Raise your hand, boys, if either of you want to talk about the Adelaide-Carlton game for any longer than we just have. No hands went up. Cool. Next game. (laughs) (laughs) Richmond Tigers defeated Fremantle Dockers. Oh, fuck. Cop that, Ross Lyon. Guys. Alleged bad bloke, Ross Lyon. (laughs) I can't Each. believe I can't believe Frio only kicked four goals against. They Richmond. didn't score in the no, and and Richmond didn't score a goal in the third quarter. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Richmond didn't. So and I then thought, I assumed you meant Frio. And then Frio didn't score at all in the last quarter, or kicked nah, like one. They kicked point. one behind, and uh, Richmond kicked eight goals. Because yeah, Frio came back in the third quarter to the point where it was like, oh, we might have a game on here. No, no, Richmond are Richmond I'm, are a I'm team. Confused. 
did Frio come out at some point in this game wearing Brisbane jumpers? Because that's what this game resembles. <laughs> no, no, no. So th- this is the thing. Richmond kicked 15-20. Dusty Martin kicked four behinds. Ross Lyon was actually trying a new coaching strategy, which mm. is I'm only I'm going to have 18 blokes on the field, but I'm only going to instruct one of them to play, and he's just going to have to play everywhere. Nat Fife gets three Brownlow votes from this game. Who got the coaches' votes? Uh, I think Fife did. Did Fife get a team? Yeah, I think oh, he did. There was something that came out of this. He should. Oh, fuck, who was it? Oh, T- Terry Wallace. Was no, Terry not Terry Wallace. Wallace. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Robert Walls. Yes! Gave three votes, like did like his votes for the game. All three of them, Fremantle players. What the fuck, Wallsy? <laughs> he, he gave Fife best on ground, then Sanderlands, then Lockie Neal. Wallsy. <laughs> Wallsy, I'm checking the stats. <laughs> Five, fair enough, because he had a five a really was best good on game. by mine. Where's had, Sandy? He had eleven. Touches. I'm scrolling down the list. <laughs> He's well down. He got seventy-seven points. What? Because he had forty-eight hitouts. Of course, he gets forty hitouts every week because he's a fucking giant. All right, let's he had look. eleven touches, zero tackles. So here's the <laughs> thing, right? Two votes or one vote for Sandy? I think two and and Robert one. Walls. <laughs> Wait for shit. it. These are the AFL coaches' votes. So Nat Fife got the ten. <laughs> oh my God. But he's the only Fremantle player in the coaches' votes. Kane Lambert was next, then Alex Rance, then Grimes, then Martin, then Graham, then Hooley. Robert Walls. <laughs> he's getting on a bit. Can, can he can watch this, Did Robert, he watch this game or Robert, did someone like play around with it and put like a different game on the screen for oh, him? Do you know what they did? They actually played the game from last year where Freo won with a goal after the siren. Oh my god, I can't believe who do you give the who do you give the other one to? Lockie Neal. Where are you, Neil? No, Neil had 35 touches. Yeah, but didn't Still, do anything with him. Yeah. They've lost by 80 points. And <laughs> yeah. He's given three. <laughs> I'm staggered. I'm staggered. Wolsey, I've defended him in the past. So this this allows <laughs> me to bring up something that I actually this did. That's why a Kevin of... Sheedy hates you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. All right. I want to bring something up, boys. Yep. Uh, guys, I've, I've, I've unearthed. <laughs> Sean's really strong. Are you, are you hashtag shook? <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Wolsey should watch more Brisbane games. We get three votes every week. He <laughs> uh, probably watched the Brisbane game this week. It gave you three votes. Fucking hell. Um, all right, so I, I did some digging. Because yep. I, felt, I felt like Richmond are playing really well. And then I had a more of a think about it. And I was like, they won the premiership last year. So technically, they finished on top of the ladder. Boys, we're seven rounds in. I would like you to answer me this trivia question. How many... Top eight slash finalists from 2017 have Richmond, the premiers, played in the first seven rounds. One. Correct. Adelaide. And what happened there? <laughs> they got smashed. So they've played one game interstate. Every other game they've played has been at the G. Mm-hmm. They've played Carlton. They've played Melbourne. Frio. Hawthorne. And there's one more. Uh, Collingwood. Yeah, Collingwood. So they've played five teams that finished outside the top eight. Um, and three of those teams are way, way, way off the pace. Yep. What bullshit is that? They're the premier. They're the reigning premier. Surely their first seven games are against all the finalists from last year. Dare I say they've had an easier draw than Brisbane? Dare I say they have, Sean? How many finalists have you played from last year? I'll give you. I'll give you a tint. A tint. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> have you had a look at it already? It's double what they've had, at, uh, if, if my memory is correct. I think you've Brisbane played... have played Saints, so no. No? Melbourne, no. Port Adelaide? Port Adelaide. They didn't play finals last year, though. Yes, they did. They lost to West Coast in oh, that they did, uh, of course. Did. Final. Shui, best... cop that, Jared Pollock. <laughs> away, by the way. That's Port away. Port and then away, Richmond away. Richmond away. Giants away. Giants away. So you've played three of the finalists from last year all the way. Richmond have travelled once. Can I just say, 
Do you want to know when their next game they play? Their next game against a team that finished in the top eight last year mm-hmm. is round nine against the Eagles in Perth. So in nine games, they've played two top eight sides from last year yep. and have travelled twice. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy, but that is some bullshit. How can I, we get a good read on them? That is the softest draw for a reigning premier I've ever fucking seen. But in saying that, Tom, do you reckon? Hang on, I'm gonna they feel, better play the Giants. I'm chucking on my tinfoil hat here. Mm. Yeah, and this is this is a big call. Are the AFL Ooh. trying to prevent what happened last year with the Western Bulldogs? Oh, because huge the, call. The doggies fans got up and about and super vocal, and then Western Bulldog cooked it the following year. I reckon their membership numbers would have plummeted. Where? Richmond, they ease them into the finals again this year. Even if they come close but don't quite make it, Tigers members still probably loud. 90,000. Yeah. I mean, I'm like- going to argue for Richmond here. Ooh. And I'm going to say this. Hawthorne, that's that's not an easy fixture. Collingwood's not an easy fixture. Collingwood? Collingwood was shithouse last year. Melbourne. Shithouse. It's not as if they've played. They have played Brisbane, but uh, and they've also played Carlton. And Freo. Have they played North? Uh, they're uh, they playing the- North this weekend. <laughs> well, I'm I'm flipping back. <laughs> Gil, you fucking quack. They're the bottom, that's, the, that's the bottom four from last year. Yeah, that's bullshit. North, I, I, I'm, I'm not on board. No. I will say that like, just for Richmond, you can only play the opposition you put up against. It's not a Richmond. No, it's um, not. It's not no, their it's fault. It's, it's not- AFL. It's Gil's fault. See, and Geelong, I think we've played three finalists from last year. West Coast, Sydney, Port, yeah. four, and, and, and now GWS. Mm-hmm. And we didn't make the grand final. There's, there's some the, the fixture is cooked. It is. It's look. I'm not saying how cooked AFL house. That's that's all. That's all I want to say on that. What I'm going to do is, I'm, gonna do is I'm just going to run you. Th- I'm just going to quickly have a look. Yeah. To see. So right. So they play North. So then they play West Coast. Right. Their next game against the top eight side. They then play Essendon. Then they play Port Adelaide. Then they play Geelong. Then they play Sydney. Then Adelaide Giants. Uh, then Geelong a couple of rounds later, then Essendon again a couple of rounds later, and then Bulldogs at the end of the year. Yep. So their, their next few weeks are hard weeks, but they had a fucking cruisy finals. Like, if you win six or seven games in the first couple of weeks, you're a lock for the top four. Yep, just uh, about. Pretty much, unless you capitulate from here on just out. You never know, though. It is a fairly even competition. I, I will say. Well, it's not, though, because though, Richmond are fucking playing the bottom four teams in the first nine no, weeks. No, no, but just in terms of every week, like, there can be an upset. The only team, I, I mean, reckon. Like North did just roll Sydney. I fucking hope. I fucking. Do you know what I want at the M's, at the MCG or Eddie Hattle, where the fuck it's being played? Imagine North get up against <sighs> Richmond. Ben Brown gives Alex Rance a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Kick six. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to push on to the next game. It <laughs> was St. Kilda time this week. St. Kilda taking Melbourne. It was a 39-point win to the Demons. Nothing bit really of to see. Game. Paddy McCartan got a bit of a concussion issue again. Well, also a, a, um, a blood sugar issue as well. He's, he's just copped a bit of everything. Paul, I feel so bad for him. He's had a rough couple of weeks. He got robbed. He got yeah. his car stolen. Does he have diabetes? Is that what he's got? Yeah. 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 Are, were you being smart ass? Or? No, no, no. Because... I thought you were doing that whole, like, you know how um, when Mike Pike used to play for Sydney and mm. he was Canadian yeah. and every commentator at any opportunity that Mike Pike touched the ball would remind you that he was Canadian in much the same way that they remind everyone that Mason Cox is a basketballer from the US. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> every, every commentator is like, oh, yeah, Paddy McCartan, he's got diabetes. I don't watch a lot of St Kilda, quite frankly. Um, and also, he doesn't get out of the park often no. enough because he's always concussed. Um, but yeah, no, but he has a, like, with that issue that he has, 
I think he started the second quarter on the bench because it's like they checked his he, levels and they're like, so oh, he started to come second, off and eat some sugar. Or, he started you know, the second quarter on the bench because he was feeling groggy and then they checked his blood sugar and they were like, nah, you got the head spins because you got a head knock and we might just top you up a bit. And then he took no further part from, I think, the fourth quarter onwards mm. in play. It's, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. It's a worry. Again, show of hands, who wants to talk about this game any longer than we have already? So, Except just to say, St Kilda are bad. Did Jesse Hogan flop? Yes. I don't know. I've even I've moved on to the next game. What a dog. Next game. <laughs> Can I say game of the round? Game of the round. We hung shit last week when you were like, game of the round. We were like <laughs> We were wrong. You were wrong. We were wrong. Yeah. Do I you accept know, your apology. The combined halftime score. Apologize. No, okay. <laughs> the combined halftime score between this these two teams is the most accurate score. At halftime in AFL VFL history. Collingwood Jesus. 10, Collingwood really? 10 yep. 3. Brisbane 10 straight. 20 goals 3. The most accurate combined score ever. Yep. That's fucked. Footy is not dead, guys. Footy is alive and well. Footy yeah, this al- goes totally against the set shot thing that we were that we're complaining about as well. Like, I don't think Brisbane missed a shot until the fourth quarter. Nah, it's third quarter. Oh shame. Behinds. Yep. What was the time? One of them behind? was a rushed behind. Ooh. Yeah. End of the day, though, it was 19-7 to 18-6, so still extremely accurate. Yuck. I think, what's that, like 80%? Yeah. Uh, Brisbane's going at about 44% for the season, so it's huge, massive. Good on them. What a game. Um, It was a fantastic game. I was very excited. I was very vocal, (laughs) and ultimately, very upset. (laughs) So upset that I I was supposed to go out for dinner with my girlfriend (laughs) straight after the game ended, and um, she's... I'm in a volatile state at the end of a game, and she sort of got around me and was like, they played so well, and it's not what I really want to hear. No, and I so know. I was just like, thank you, that'll that'll do, but thank you very much. And then, <laughs> do you want to go out for dinner? And I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. And I went for a walk for about 45 minutes. <laughs> a walk or a stomp? I went for, it began as a stomp, and I was angry, and I was going through all, everything that made me angry. And then by the end of the walk, I actually recommend this if your team loses a tight one, and you just go, just go walk it off. I just walked around the, the streets, um, proudly wearing my, my Brisbane stuff, of course, because yep. I'm not a TC. No way. No way, Jose. Um, by the time I got back to the house, I'd, I'd, I'd started to see the positives. Mm. We've lost seven games now. Yeah. Five of them have been extremely winnable. So, yeah, it is a bit demoralizing, as uh, the great Dane Zorko said at the end of the game. But heads up high, Brisbane were good. They Collingwood looked like a decent team this year. Um, especially in the last few weeks. I think mm. they've strung four wins together against some good opposition. So, good signs from Brisbane. Um, crucially, and I've had... Well, yeah, actually, Collingwood have won three games in 13 days or something. Shh, fucked. Well, yesterday yeah, was insane. their third... Let's, in the last quarter, I really believed that they were going to tire out and we were going to run over the top of them because they played three games in 11 days. Jesus. So, that's fucked. Um, so, credit to Collingwood for... Uh, for getting the win done. And Pendlebury went off in the third quarter as well, so they had to do it without their captain. And he was probably their best player up to that point. Um, Dugowie was awesome. He kicked five goals. Um, he was the difference in the end. He was. He kicked that goal that put him that one goal ahead and then you pegged it back. Yeah. And then he set up that he, ha- that handball. It's a good handball. To that, that is, you know what, okay, you know what John Walsfall needs to do at Essendon? He needs to show that footage of Dugowie handballing that, that ball to Stevenson for the entire week, so that the players know how to fucking handball properly. You should also show them the hand pass that Joe Danher did in the goal square to Josh Green and be like, do you want to look like this fuckhead? And Joey will be sitting in the crowd being like, I'm in in front and center. Those two are good side by side. 
because one is one is a clumsy fuckwit who doesn't belong in the top fifty, <laughs> and the other is just a very clever player who. He kicked five goals too. Summed up the situation and just nailed it. Louis Taylor kicked four goals for Brisbane. Zorko didn't get tagged. Collingwood seemed to have a no tag policy because I and I, I'm assuming hope- they look at their midfield and go, on paper, we're great. We'll just back our boys to do it. Stupidity though. I'd say we lost by seven points. If Brisbane win that game, pressure is on Buckley for not tagging Zorko because he's had 34 touches, four goals, 10 clearances. And they know Huge he, game. he crumbles under a tag. Yeah, he's he's fucking crumbled all year so far and they didn't put anybody on him. It's ridiculous. Very exciting thing about this though is yeah. Dean Zorko, clearly a fan of the show. Yes. Because up until this round, oh he, yeah, he played shit house. Mm. And look, Sean, no offense, but he was garbage. I've I was leading <laughs> that that chorus. In fact, I think you were the you were the the chorus as well. You were the choir, the chorus, and whoever is listening the to the chorus. What's the just... opposite of his greatest supporter? Because that uh, was me. greatest attractor. Yeah, you you were his antagonist. You were his Moriarty to his Sherlock. I was playing the role of his distant father. Yeah. <laughs> You're his Hannibal Lecter to uh, he's your Cla- Clarice Starling. But anyway, what happened to him in the in the week? So during the week, oh. it, it came out uh, that Simon Black had given him five pointers to uh, how to shake a tag, which it didn't need to, like wasn't necessary for this week. But it also came out that it had a few chats on the phone. Are you are you saying that uh, he had uh, Dane Zorko had a um uh, a a two hour chat? He did the t- <laughs> the, the trademarked how goods footy. Two-hour chat. And it fucking sorted him right out. Yep. He, he's also been secretive about who he was on the phone to, which is funny. But also... Who? Do you reckon it was Simon Black? Look, could have just been listening to our podcast for two hours. I've got a bit of an inside track on Oh, Was it you, Sean? Was it Sean? Sean Sean I, I shouldn't really say this because... But I'll say it anyway. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I called him up. I said, listen, magician... It's uh, it's Carno here. <laughs> I love that you refer to yourself as Carno. I don't think anyone's ever called you Carno ever. Never in my life. Uh, f- um, forever in the show uh, now. No, but uh, <laughs> good on him because, um, I mean, he didn't cop a close tag, but still he would have come into this game with a lot of doubts about himself and he lifted. And they have, yeah, they haven't really said who it was. Obviously it was Simon Black. He said it was a few legends of the game. Well, so Not specifically Brisbane. It could have been anyone. So the fact Sim- that it's Fagan. Perhaps I'm thinking maybe Sammy Mitchell got a call up. Oh yeah. Um, he, I'd like to think Vossi got a call up. Can I say? Yeah. The Simon Black one. He actually wrote an article. Yeah. So the Simon Black one it wasn't private. He had five things. One of the main one was body language, which I thought was really interesting. That Simon Black's like, you never ever let them know that they've got in your head. And yeah. Cameron Ling used to say that Simon Black was one of the hardest players to tag because he would have had ten touches, but he just would keep running and getting it. And you yeah. go, I'm not beating this guy, but you yeah. were. You were statistically beating him, but he never let you think. That you were you were beating him, yeah. So you reckon someone outside of Brisbane? Well, just the fact that it's Fagan. Fagan said that he had a hand in setting up a bit of a, a bit of a phone medley, if you will, a bit of a two-hour chat collectively, uh, spread out over a few different people. Are you so telling me that that, uh, that the famous, the instigator of the two-hour chat, Alistair Clarkson, yeah. was possibly involved in the two-hour chat? Well, I think it's blokes who have been tagged specifically, probably. So if you think if you think we go with Brisbane and we go with Fagan. We've probably got Vossi and Black. Maybe Ackermanis got a call up. Who knows? Um, nah, if Mitchell, it was Ackermanis, he would Pat tell Shane fucking everyone. How far he... back do we dig? I don't know. Sam Mitchell makes sense for yeah. mine. Yep. Um, and Luke Hodge. Hodge's there giving him support. Who, who else so... is sort of the, the really 
was the brilliant midfielder that got to, it was Mitchell. It was Sam Mitchell. For all we know, Gary Ablett got a call up. You never know. It could have been anybody. And Ablett was like, yeah, you just gotta you just gotta play like me. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, just play really good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Dean Zorka looked like a totally different player. It's between this game and the one he played against Geelong last year as the best game I've seen him play. Yep. So good on him. Did, um, he, get, did he get the three votes in that Geelong game? No, he didn't. Dangerfield no, did. Dangerfield Danger was the, rightly so. It was the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we're not Robert Walls. You don't. No. You don't <laughs> lose by ten goals and cop a three voter, like or a two or a one. Fuck me, I still can't get over that. Um, but crucially, because I've had a dig at Brisbane's leaders, they all like uh, Beams was good. Zorko was good. So it was all happening. I want a little bit more from Christensen. Cam Rayner did some really exciting things, particularly in the last five minutes. He looked fucking. He exploded awesome. with a clearance. I'm excited. Oh, Matty Eagles. Congratulations to him. He's 28 years old, plays his first game, and he looked like he fit in. He's yep. going to be a staple in the back line now, I think. I'm fucking excited. I'm going to the game this week, and I tell you what, I'm not having toast this weekend. I'm not. You're I feel it. Good. I'm excited. Oh, We're taking on the Bulldogs. Fucking hope so. We got it. I'm pumped. So next week, yep. do we want to do our... We'll go through them real quick, because we've got a lot of emails this week, and I look, usually I read them out in full, but this is a long episode. Yeah, it is. So we'll just skim over them real quick, because a lot of them are just questions. So All right. Early call on next week. We've got uh, Friday night. Hawthorne hosting Sydney. I'm going Hawks. Sydney. I reckon Sydney will be on Is Franklin park. getting back in? Doesn't matter. Sydney away. They're so much better away than they are at home this year. And especially after they... yeah. Early call Hawks. Giants hosting the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles. 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 Yep. Nick Nat might be missing the game, though. Yeah, suspended. Mm, interesting, that one. Uh, Carlton and Essendon. That's a danger game for Essendon, but I will say this. if And I said this last week. If they stand for anything as a club, mm. they just got to get up and win. Yeah, this is like last week, like line in the sand, fair enough, just because. This is season. Yeah, this is like if, if not we lose already. to Carlton, my f- finals hopes are kind of dashed. So uh, do you know what happens? Yeah. We all know what happens this week. Yeah. What John Walsfold picks up the phone and he brings yeah. back home to WA yeah. and uh, gets the great Peter Matera on the phone, <laughs> patches him through to Joey Danaher and says, Joey, I kicked six against Geelong at that ground. You yep. can do a two against the Blues this week. Dusha, I haven't given up on you, mate, and I want you to believe. So I want to bring up this statistic just quickly. Back in 2001, there was a team who were two and five. Yep. Same record as you. <laughs> They went on to win 16 in a row and win the Premiership. <laughs> Fucking hell. I believe. Now, they did win the Premiership against your yeah, team. Yeah, no, I, I, remember, I remember that <laughs> but too. don't lose hope, mate. Well, the thing with Essendon is, and like I said before, it's just like one thing that isn't working. It's like our players have lost hope, but if that spark is back, because they're all good players. It's not like we've got a shit list. Yep. I'm going to the Bombers. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> Me too, I believe. Suns hosting at the Gabba. They're taking on Melbourne. Melbourne should win. Melbourne should win. Yep. Suns. Oh, you're gonna. Ooh, you okay. are notoriously no, no. terrible at tipping. Yes, so I am. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm worse. <laughs> we are doing really badly, by the way. I'm Douche trying to on turn fire. it around. Sons. I'm onto the. There's three pages of people in the tipping comp. On the- I'm onto page three. <laughs> oh, oh. I think oh. I'm still just holding onto page one. Now nah, you're on page two. I looked at it. Oh, today. really? Fucked, mate. Fuck. Yeah. What am I? Uh, uh, nine. Have no, I dropped- no, 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 you might be 60. There's no way I've dropped 40 fucking You're places 60, in a week. I'm 102nd and Deuce is 4th. <laughs> so that's, yeah, uh, that's how that goes. The view's pretty good up here. Boys, showdown. Port Adelaide versus Adelaide. Oh, Tex and Sloan are probably back in too. So Port need it more. Port. Oh, I reckon Adelaide. All right. Bulldogs versus Brisbane. I'm going Brisbane. And I'm going Brisbane by five goals. <sighs> Brisbane. 17 points. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
Brisbane by five. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. <laughs> so My heart won't take it. No, but that's, <laughs> that it. might kill you. But. Uh, Frio hosting St Kilda. Frio need to win that. Yeah. Um, Freo um, will win that. Nat how- Life will be like, all right, guys, I'm done being the only player in this fucking team. Um, Jack uh, Billings question- will kick four behind to have ten touches and Robert Walls will give him three votes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just quickly, though, that's at Optus Stadium. How many knees are going? Or how many uh, hamstrings? I reckon there's going to be injuries. two hamstring injuries, both St. Kilda players. Mm, okay. okay. I reckon two hamstrings and one uh, ankle reconstruction. <laughs> Full or half? Uh, half. Ah, right, cool. Yeah. They'll be back for finals. <laughs> It'll be that actually, but neither, neither team will be injury. there. <laughs> uh, North, oh, North Richmond is a potentially good game. Richmond should win it, though. Guys, I've made my prediction. Yeah. Ben Brown, six goals. That will be the winning margin. Fuck them, mm. North. Yes. <laughs> Massive game to finish the round. Collingwood versus Geelong. Tradition, like, historically, you'd go Collingwood, but fuck, at some point, it's going to take a toll that they've played so many games. There is a chance that we get Menzel and Ablett back. Well, we definitely get Ablett back. Geelong for me. Me too. Geelong. Yay! Well done, boys. Because also, also, fuck Collingwood. Yeah, We're back right. in the boys fuck this On to the emails. All right. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of emails this week. And fuck, this has been a meaty episode. So um, rather than read the emails out in full, I'm just going to take a bit out of them. Sure. Answer the questions. Uh, so first off, we've got Jack from Manchester. Oh, g'day, Jack. He just wanted to let us know about, because we spoke about the soccer player Roy Keane, because we got a bunch of emails about him early on being compared to Barry Hall, and we were just like, Barry Hall will deck him. Uh, he just wanted to let us know that Roy Keane once ended a guy's career by landing stud first on his knee and breaking his leg. So and then, uh, in his autobiography, backed his own decision, was like, I just wanted to hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> and he, so the quote was, I just wanted to hurt him and stand over him and go, take that, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jack is also a Manchester United fan uh, and he just wanted to know if there was an AFL team the equivalent for him to follow if he likes blokes bashing other blokes Brisbane Lions is the way to go oh. no 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 if he's long <laughs> to go though no no Man United yeah they're like Collingwood oh yeah and uh, like if he likes dog acts seems Collingwood's like, all about seems him. like a good bloke though I don't want to do it to him yeah but Man United are the Collingwood of soccer I right. feel if I can cop it Jack you're um, a Collingwood can I also man. say then the fight wouldn't be between Roy Keane and Barry Hall the Roy Keane and Dermot Brewer <laughs> Actually, that's a good... And Dermy would win. <laughs> it, it'll be uh, jaw strength versus leg strength. <laughs> uh, could Roy Keane handle uh, Dermot Brown and trademark karate chop or not? Is the real Followed question. by then the face stomp. Oh, <laughs> Fuck, Dermy's a dog. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ryden, who emailed us last week, uh, yeah. just wanted to say that, yep, he's cool with his, the decision that we made for him. Good. He's going to bag for Geelong. And he asked if we can rename the show How Bad's Lindsay Thomas. Uh, he's a dog, so okay. right, we'll think about it. Do you know what's come out just as you're getting the next email up? Is that apparently Lindsay Thomas is a great bloke off the field, but a terrible bloke on it. And I'm like, mate, sort your shit out, Lindsay. That sounds like Kale Hooker. Now nah, Kyle Hooker's just like a bad bloke across the board. No, but apparently, like off the field, he he's like the chairman of like an anti-bullying foundation. Or That's something. ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we got a email from Luke in the UK. Uh, he just wanted to us to clarify the home stadium situation because in other sports, each team has their home ground. Basically, to answer your question, there's a set number of fields in Australia. Not each, like one team doesn't get their own stadium. So for instance, Etihad Stadium is the home ground to like six teams. The MCG is the home to like four. Except for Brisbane. Brisbane have the Gabba. Geelong have the Cattery. <laughs> Sydney have the SCG. Yeah, so there is a few teams that have one, but the grounds in Melbourne. There's two grounds in Melbourne, basically, and there's a lot of fucking teams here, so they share them. So, yeah, I guess in terms of tipping and stuff like that, home ground advantage is much better for an interstate team. Or Geelong. 
Or Geelong, yeah, which is essentially the same thing. <laughs> Down the highway. <laughs> Down there. the highway. Yeah. Got an email from Cam, who is from Fremantle and naturally a Frio supporter, and he's really not enjoying eating toast, especially the toast that has been burnt and dropped on the floor, due to the pantsing that they got from Richmond this weekend. <laughs> Did he... When I want to ask you, you can reply to us again, Jack. Cam. Cameron. 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 Jack yep. was before. Yeah. Cam. You can email us back in and let me know when did you start preparing your toast during the game? <laughs> I reckon half time question mark. <laughs> um, he just asked if we've got a fix for Fremantle's forward line. Yeah, they've really lacked in that area on the weekend. Get Michael Walters back. No, I've got one. Yep. Um, you should recruit. Try and recruit. You know, a great power forward. Just do that. Yeah, as you've been doing every year for ten years <laughs> you know and what? landing nobody. I feel like I do feel bad for them. There um, is someone out there who may be available. Oh, Hogan. Uh, yeah, Jesse Hogan. Jesse Hogan. Go hard. Go hard. Yeah, go hard at Hogan. Go hard for Hogan. Hard. Ha- for hashtag Hogan. hard for Hogan. Uh, <laughs> also, I'll read these out because he concludes the email with two ni- uh, one nice thing and one very rude thing. Oh. He's ordered them nice then rude, but I'm going to read it. Rude, rude then, then nice. nice. Okay, yeah. go. <clears throat> no, actually, no. He goes rude then nice. I'll see. Hey, Dusha, read the fucking email. <laughs> P.S. Joel, how does it feel that your team, when your team was a finals chance at the start of the year, and now eating off the floor? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Feels pretty fucked. <laughs> I'm glad you got floor. fucking done by 77 points. <laughs> Wasn't it 80? No, 77. No. Uh, PPS, at the time of writing this email, Brisbane are only two points behind. I'm really rooting for you, Carney. Thank you, Cam. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Cam. No, no, no. Nah, he's I like a good, Cam. He's a good bloke because he's sticking by a, a, a bad team in Frio. Uh, I know what that's like. So, fuck, good on him. Good bloke. I'm happy with that. That's right. Two Brownlow medals. Tip Brisbane next week, mate. feel better. Yeah. So, uh, just got two quick last emails. We've got Ben from Adelaide. Big Crows fan. Loves footy. Loves all the teams. Except the scum up the road. <laughs> uh, he loves the podcast, listens every week. He finds our tips helpful because he tips the opposite of what we say. <laughs> Especially Sean and I. He just pretends Ooh. that whatever we say doesn't matter. Um, he just wanted to point out that last week we mentioned that uh, the Showdown Medal was called the Showdown Medal. It's actually the Phil Walsh Medal, which oh, cool. ah, makes that would sense. only be recent, yeah. I imagine, like in the last yeah, two years. Yeah, because he was the assistant so. at Port and head coach of the Crows. Uh, he won a premiership as an assistant at Port, didn't he? Yeah, yeah keep up the good work, gents. The Lions will roar again. Oh, But then he ends the email defending Tex Walker, so fuck him. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Good. I, oh, I'm happy with the emails this week. People believe. I love it. They do. They're getting around them. I need this. Do you know what I'd love? I'd love if from our podcast, a whole bunch of like UK supporters bought overseas memberships because of you. Good. <laughs> and Brisbane are like, why the fuck are all these people? How <laughs> <laughs> good footy could end up being the official podcast of the Brisbane Lions? The most positive spin on that team in years. P.S. Tex Walker does a lot more for the AFL players, media, and the, uh, and fans than gets reported on. Yeah, look. All right. Nah, <laughs> you're still an idiot. I mean, where was he when they were... Fucking, speaking of Adelaide, you know what they did have? Fucking another hamstring injury. I think that's nine. Jesus. What were they do? The fucking camp must have just been fucking, like... What's that? Rack, the rack? Where they just stretched the players out? Is that what no, was no, they on? didn't do any stretching. They were just curled into balls for four <laughs> hours. Did you also see the radio bit where Tex Walker thought he was being interviewed by, by, the, by the guy, guy from, from the, the Killers? Killers? And it was just some other American singer. And he went after Walker. And then Tex Walker's just like, fucking hell, this guy's going at me. And then they like revealed that it was a prank and he had a go at the uh, the host of the radio station. But that's awesome. <laughs> the question's yeah. really hammered. Like, they're like, oh, so you were like really bad in the grand final last year. Oh. And it, it was just, it was stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to be talking to like a, 
you know, someone who, you know, an actual media person, not like just a sportsman, <laughs> stuff Ooh. like that. Yeah. Texts, he took it pretty well. That's all right. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. He, he did on air, yeah. off air, killed three people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, an email from Joshua. Uh, first of all, big fan, can always feel Sean's pain because his soccer team is as useless as a lion's. So it seems to, it's nice to know that nothing changes around the world. Uh, secondly, he's been ramping up his AFL enjoyment, and the biggest person who's into AFL in his life lives in Melbourne and barracks for the Hawks, and he's pushing him to barrack for the Hawks. Don't he's, do it. <coughs> don't do it, Well, he's like, he's like, not doing it feels like an absolute dog act. So my question is, am I right to do that? I get the distinct feeling that no one but Hawks like the Hawks, which is fine. I just want to know where I stand. That's well, exactly where you stand. Who does he want to barrack for, though? Well, he's like, he wants to support his friend, by the sounds of things, who is a Hawks supporter. And he's like, look, I'll barrack for the Hawks. I just want to know if everyone's going to hate me for it. If they do, that's fine. I just want to know where I stand. Look, there's only one Hawthorne supporter who's actually a good bloke, and that is Sans Pants Radio's Damien Robb. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, Drob is the only nice Hawk supporter I've ever met. So, But I would just say, take the Hawks out of friendship, unless you have a strong feeling about another team like Brisbane. Do you know, who, do you know who's... Back to the... Sorry, we're going backwards. The Man United question. Yeah. Hawthorne could also fit the bill. Hawthorne are a good fit for Man United, actually. Yeah. Rich club. Rich club, successful history. Good culture. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know anything about soccer. No, me neither. I just know that man, you are like a big club and people hate them if they're not going for them. That's why I think. Yeah. Well, look, same with both man- Manchester teams, I'm pretty sure. Mate, if you're going to... Look, if you're going to... Look, don't dog your boys. We'll hate you, though. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect nice things to be said from us, but look. Yeah. Don't meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> yeah, I've been Joel Dusha. I've been Tom. I've been Carney. <laughs> I, are you sure you're not Carno? <laughs> Sean. I never want to hear that again. <laughs> that's, um, just, that's just between me and Dane Zorko. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name that you two have for one another? Yeah, he's uh, Zorko and I'm Carno. <laughs> <laughs> All, everyone calls him Zorko. It's his surname. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check the episode know. description of this week. Uh, so yeah, you can find us um, on Twitter at HowGoodsFooty, or you can email us at, at HowGoodsFooty at gmail dot com. I remember, fucking nailed it. Well done. Thanks, guys. Um, or you can tweet us individually. I'm at Awkward Treed. I'm at Douche Thirteen. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. And you can also find all of us together at Sandspence Radio, or email us at Sandspence Radio at gmail dot com. But just stick to the footy stuff. Like yeah. we see all of that. Sweet. Uh, Enjoy, I hope that everyone enjoys some roast this week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.